welcome once again to the M4 Project. We watch movies that the world forgot and tell you if they're worth watching. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're eh. As always, I'm Matt Jelenic. I'm Michael Sullivan. I'm Morgan Davidson. What do you got? So obviously it's going to be really done a lot after, but my mate got married on the weekend um, and eventually you'll get to hear this. So I thought I'd give him a shout out, wish him and his new wife the best. I wish I could have made it to Canada to be a part of, a part of the wedding, but uh, you're probably glad that I didn't because I would have made a speech and it would have gone a little something like this. Uh, Chris, my man, uh, you have made me smile on more occasions I can think of, and when we tell stories of Chris, it may come across that we are laughing at his expense, which at some points we are, but really we are laughing at someone's actions can bring so much joy to other people's lives. Uh, because, mate, when I think of a few, I have a good chuckle, and it makes me realise why I love you. So quickly, here are some of my favourites. Chris dyeing his hair and eyebrows brown. Chris is a redhead. This was a disturbing change, mostly for Chris himself. <laughs> he looked like a mime. <laughs> Someone told Chris lemon would lemon juice would lighten them back up. From memory, I remember him squeezing juice all over his face in a vain attempt to change this. <laughs> his retelling of the time at a retreat where you were meant to meditate, not talk and eat vegetarian food. From memory, I think it was for 10 days. I'm pretty sure it ended after two and a trip to Macca's or Hungry Jack's. <laughs> he was just like, I have thought about everything I have to fucking think about. I cannot think about anything more. I need to leave this place. Some people reach enlightenment quicker. Yeah. Um, when he got drunk and announced it was his destiny to die in a gang, um, the notorious Barnsley Westy edgy crew really missed out that you didn't join them, mate. Uh, being involved in my epic stories to convince people of utter shit. When we convinced a mate that Chris had a twin, but he died after his mum found them both drowning and only had time to save one of them, and this guilt he has had to live with for the rest of his life. <laughs> or worse, when we convinced the same guy that his girlfriend was dead. Ooh. When, <laughs> when you stood up to the total beta male rare unit at my house and he couldn't believe it he thought he was an alpha male not a laughing stock of a beta runt of litter that time you were in a band yes that time that time that you were in a music an amusement park and you amused everyone on the ride by screaming and sobbing to yourself i don't want to die i don't want to die the fact that no one disses tupac in front of you and lives to tell the story the deafness i have in my left ear from our trips in your van from the tweeter placed right at air level ear level that movie we taped and I edited on your handycam, but we had to destroy because of legal reasons. I'm sad Dunstan checks in too, never saw the light of the street. <laughs> the way you entered and exited a pawn shop, we dubbed it the dash. He'd walked down and he was afraid his mum would be driving in the opposite direction. So when he got to the door, he just... And he'd duck in. And as he left the building, he'd shoot. And then like he was walking just up the site. Just up the... Just, yeah. Anyway. The amount of jobs and qualifications you have had to make you a uh, baker, plumber, personal trainer, groundskeeper. It's easy to push your buttons and we all love you for this. Um, that you have found love and you have, have, have got married. It, it, it makes me proud to be your friend. And these oh. memories are so true and I love you very much. True friendship is to shave your mate's ass for a party and you pass this test with flying colours, and I have the photos <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> well done. You're nice. You're nice. Good speech. Good speech. This week's film. Mike Pick. Mm. Mike Pick. So, it's obviously, a thriller. it's a thriller. It's a comedy drama romance thriller. 
Now, this, Teen coming-of-age story thriller. <laughs> no one knows how it's going to end. Is he still in puberty? Yes, he is. Um, Submarine, <laughs> 2010. Written and directed by uh, Richard Iowate. If anyone knows Richard Iowate, he's a very famous... Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah, Moss from the IT crowd. Very famous uh, uh, UK comedian. I believe he... Is he Welsh? Or is he... He's British. No, I think... I he's, think he's definitely... English. Let's just say British. It covers yeah. a lot of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, we'll say... Okay, cool. British. He's a British comedian. Um, very, very funny. Um, this movie itself is about Oliver Tate, who is a uh, teenage boy in high school. It's essentially a, a coming-of-age comedy. Um, uh, basically, just, just telling the story of, his, uh, story of his life, first falling in love, uh, the issues that he's having at home with his parents. Um, and their stagnating marriage. Yeah, yeah, their marriage is sort of in turmoil, and they're uh, running into a few roadblocks there. And it's just how he how he goes about his life and how he deals with these his, these problems in his own teenage way. And how his own teenage mind thinks is the best way teenage to Teenage delusions of grandeur. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And a, <laughs> and a constant di- desire to get laid. So, pretty yeah. much. So it's a constant thing of if you're in, if you're in your, like your late 20s and you've had a bit more life experience, you can see, oh, this is a really bad idea. And you know it's going to end in a train wreck, but you just got to watch, watch it. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's sort of the back of the box of that one. Okay. Absolutely. I'm going to fill in some gaps. All right. Go for it. Um, on pop- unpopular. On- spackle. Spackle? Yeah. Why? Because you're filling, filling the gaps. Spackle, it's oh, a yeah. <laughs> Unpopular Oliver Tate oh, is the uh, 15-year-old who is infatuated with his classmate, Jordana. Are we go with Jordana? Jordana. Yeah. When Jordana invites Oliver to secretly meet after school, she takes pictures of them kissing, hoping to make her ex-boyfriend jealous. He reacts by putting Oliver in a headlock and punching him at, at, at the school whilst they're surrounded by other pupils. Oliver's unflinching attitude towards the bully in regards to Jordana turns her on and she becomes his girlfriend. He refuses uh, to call her a slut. Slut. That mm. is so big of him. And it's very teenage. And it's a very... That is usually how you pass being someone's boyfriend. You mm. must not call them a slut. Unless it's um, in the bedroom. Unless it's in the bedroom. Well... Yeah. Uh, we then delve into the love and loss of teen relationships and angst, paralleled by the breakup, as you said before, of his own parents' uh, relationship and the things going on in Jordana's home life. So Oliver tries to impress Jordana by helping participate in uh, some bullying of another student, which sees the girl getting embarrassed so much that she changes school. Uh, this was a great way of showing how much Oliver actually cared, uh, in the sense that after he'd done it, he felt so guilty he wrote her like this shit to give to her. To <laughs> he, her wrote, yeah. he wrote her a pamphlet on how Help. basically... Turn this around, a self-help pamphlet, but from the perspective of an awkward teenager. (laughs) So he has no right whatsoever and completely wrong ideas. Um, Basically, he was trying to show there was no hard feelings. Uh, He actually writes her a letter sort of explaining why he did what he did. um, And you could sort of, it was trying to help her get off this bullying merry-go-round, as you saw. Um, And then the movie continues. That's filled in some gaps. Spackle. 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 Spackle it. Spackle section. Right out. By bunnies. Uh, Characters, actors, <laughs> and their performances. Hey, we've got to get sponsors somehow, man. Yeah. Might as well start pushing it. Just start um, saying names of companies. <laughs> uh, no. 3M. Coca-Cola. Actually, no more gaps. Mm. KFC's. Liquid nails? Yes. Oh, um, cock. <laughs> right. Uh, Craig Roberts as at... Okay, Craig Roberts as Build Oliver Tate. I actually really like this character i didn't think yeah. i would to start off with but mm. i really really liked yeah. him he was awkward he was angst filled very endearing though and, yeah. and smart and very perceptive at the same time yeah. mm. he was very aware of himself i feel like mm. like it was well i mean as far as you can be for a completely naive teenager well, but i think he's he's self-aware but lacks the life experience to, to be self-aware be, well to uh, make proper assessment so he's like okay i'm an awkward teenager say this yep that i am 
<laughs> that's all he can do with it. Yeah. Uh, the actor did brilliantly at getting across that, basically, yeah. the body language. Um, his delivery of one-liners was <laughs> very much on point. <laughs> yeah. um, and the strangeness of his character added to that in a positive yeah. sense. Like the, fact that, the fact that he... Uh, is paying attention. Part of it is that he can realise that his parents are having a rough patch because the dimmer switch is set down to half when they've just had sex. sex. Yeah. And so the fact that he's mapping that yeah, over, that over was time hilarious. to like tell, test to the... the for, for example, uh, there's one point where he says he found a book about teenage depression and delusion during a routine <laughs> inspection of his mother's room. As if that's a completely normal <laughs> thing to do. It's just a routine inspection of my parents' room. Completely devoids, like, voids their privacy and then complains about his own privacy later. That's great. Yes, but he so, finds the book. Yeah, yeah. What does he do with the book? He uses that information to basically convince her that he is absolutely <laughs> using exact phrases, phrases from, from the book. book. I often feel that I'm a hollow shell and have long since been dead. <laughs> the first time you meet this character, he's a little bit off with the fairies and he's just thinking about how people would react to the news that he's died. It started with a fairly normal kind of thing. They're not... Few friends and family. Then the entire shot. town, but the country as well, were doing a midnight vigil in yeah. his honor. <laughs> yeah, just escalates. Um, <laughs> I loved what he imagined what his parents would say to the press. And his dad basically said, "Women wanted him, men wanted to be him." <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, you think a little bit highly yeah. of yourself, um, but he doesn't. Already. It's merely just a daydream. I also like how long that scene goes. Yeah. on. oh, like it, it just drags. <laughs> next scene, to next scene, to next scene. I loved the relationship he had with his parents, um, yeah. the, the random searches. That was funny. It was creepy, yeah. but it was funny. Like you said, when he found that book and then the next couple of scenes where he's just using these... Laying in bed sheet up to his sheets. He's <laughs> saying, saying these things. That was so good. His, his internal organs were made of stone. Yeah. There's something else like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's really good. Yeah, the whole thing of how he monitored the intimacies of his parents with that, with that dimmer switch. I... It was it was funny and weird, but I was like, yeah, yeah. I can, I you can put yourself in that mindset of going as teenage Morgan. I could think that is a logical yeah. thing that you could do. I wouldn't, I didn't yeah. do it, but you could go, oh yeah, well, yeah, you probably would if you were thinking in that. Yeah, which totally I found him an incredibly relatable character because I am a hugely awkward person as well. He felt so fleshed out from the, the get go because it's like I can see how someone reached those thoughts and reached those conclusions. And but the, that's the thing because what he did was not. When you look at it as an adult, you think that's a really strange way of doing it. But all that was was a kid picking up on patterns. Yeah. And noticing these little reoccurring things, and that's the way he made sense of yeah. it, which you mm-hmm. do as a kid. And well, you don't, as an adult, yeah. as much. If and we could, it would make things a lot fucking easier. And he's also the kid of a scientist, so his dad being the marine biologist. Very analytical he's, brain. he's very analytical and also meticulous with notes and research, so it, it all sort of adds into this. I this also style. liked how much of a level five clinger he became after sex. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was <laughs> extreme clinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, category five. He yeah. was up there. He, he was he was definitely... <laughs> just below that, octopus is suction cup. He's, he's more suction-y than that. Yasmin Page as Jordana Bevan. What do we think? I thought she was a brilliant actress. Uh, she yeah. definitely uh, managed to pull, put across her character as well. She started off a lot more subtle because of the nature of her character. She's quite sheltered and has a lot of walls. Uh, and mm. through their little burgeoning romance, certain walls come down. She opens up in, in certain like regards. It, 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 does, it, it was well written and well acted in that those walls didn't immediately come down. Yeah, even yeah. though they were well into their relationship, she yeah. was still very reluctant to even let Oliver put his hand on her shoulder, yeah. around, her, around her shoulders. 
And so that took a long time for those walls to come down, which made it like, yeah, yeah she definitely prick the character. Like one, one of the first rules of their relationship, I think it's rule number three, is no emotional yes. stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, no emotions. So I thought um, she was brilliantly played, but yeah. I could not stand the character. I, I, I liked the character in the sense of I could relate to it, um, mm. but the, the character, I, I just didn't like that character. Okay. I've experienced way too many people that are just like her insecure people who act in this odd way either for attention or acceptance or whatnot they just frustrate and annoy me i want to strangle them um i was like you are not that watch what it seemed like and people usually are in this sense it's an act yeah to come across as tougher than they actually tough are. and mysterious and, and that's their way of coping which is which is yeah. fine it just annoys the fucking shit yeah. I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't really pick up on that all that much. I didn't really feel like it was an actor. I feel like that's well. The who thing she was, was, she did actually get emotional, yeah. but she was acting like she was never emotional. The the, yeah. the way she reacted to when he didn't come to the hospital was yeah. actually how she felt, but she couldn't yeah. act like she didn't care anymore at that point. Yeah. But that yeah. was what she would try and put up usually. Yeah. Anyways, that's just, just, just that. The, the, but it was played well. Yeah. She got the character was 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 brilliantly played. I just didn't like that part of the character. Right, yeah. Like I said, brilliant played. And it was nice to see her break and give a oh. shit because then it showed it was a bit of an yeah, act. Yeah, sort of a bit of an act. Like she was she was uh, feigning emotional distance because yeah. she was an emotional creature. Yeah. Uh, one of the character traits about her that Oliver says very so like her only flaw is sporadic outbreaks of eczema. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. actually, while they're doing that, I think, or just after, or she's yeah, as he's like, saying that, she rushes it, yeah. and you, you can, can see, see it a little bit there. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, where they're like holding hands or something, and it has yeah. a shot of the hands, you get to see the eczema. He says, "Oh, why are your hands so rough?" And oh, no, it's it's like scaly. scaly. He got scaly hands. He goes, "It's eczema." But they actually um, showed it before he said yeah. it, and it's like a nice little nod. Her reaction to Oliver's bedroom setup was just so on point. Not beat around the bush, takes one look at the effort he's put in, and just says, "I, you're a serial killer," that and then that, leaves. That was his. That was his parents' bedroom. That yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> yeah candles and roses on his parents' bed. Oh my god, you're a serial killer! <laughs> and just out of there. Like, and that is the reaction you should have. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. it, was, it was not an appropriate way to set up for your first it time. Smacked of effort. That was yeah. yeah. That was a thing where you could see that he's a teenage boy because he's like, "This is what I should do, do. Yeah. not what it I, should be. I want to do." Yeah. Girls, girls, girls want romance what, and, want this. and romance is I need to be in a suit and we need to have dinner with candlelights and cutlery and there needs to be roses on the bed and, and oh dim the light halfway down that's sexy time <laughs> and it just adds doesn't does nothing for teenage hormones Noah Taylor as Lloyd Tate I love Noah Taylor Oliver's dad he is an underrated Aussie actor and I I loved him and he died with a falafel in his hand um, and his portrayal of the young David Healthcott in Shine was absolutely epic he also played a brilliant bad guy in Game of Thrones. Um, he is just a great actor and mm-hmm. very, very, very underrated. And he's quite funny as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, he, he's one of those actors that name escaped me for a long time. He'd be the person that would show up in something and i go, I know that. Oh, he's that guy. Cool. Who is he in Game of Thrones? He's the, the, one of the dragons. <laughs> no, no. He, he's uh, one of um, Bolton's guys. He's the guy who hoard In Game of Thrones, he played Locke. He was also in Edge of Tomorrow as the sciencey guy, Dr. Carter. That should cover the spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Brilliantly played mm, in, mm, in that mm, role. Mm. It's great. Uh, his little snippets here just add that little bit of class, um, a little that little extra awkward funny yeah. moments as well, because well, he, does, he does awkward very well. And, and it's a great sort of uh, mechanism to show a sort of source for Oliver. It's like, okay, yeah, father and son, absolutely. Story yeah. from. It's like, 
it and comes it comes almost literally later on when he's when uh, Oliver yeah. himself is experiencing heart heartbreak. I, yeah, I, I thought he was he was almost perfect in in a little bit of sense because he made that depressing father figure seem funny, but in no way did it make light of the fact that he was depressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just highlighted the the comical parts that you could see in in, in a depressive state. Yeah. And well, and from Oliver's perspective, he sees those patterns. He's like, "Oh, Dad's in his depressive state because he's wearing his cardigan, and he has lemon in his tea." Yeah, exactly. He's like drinking lemon, lemon water. Yeah, lemon drinking, water. That's drinking, what lemon water. drinking his lemon water. Dad's depressed. He was. It was. It was good. He. He was. Oh, and well played. Like it was, it was probably the pick of the characters like, just because I, I, I liked him. So I really much. loved everything he did, but the character itself annoyed me a bit. I know under he was under deep depression, and so I'm like, okay, fair enough. But a lot of the times, like. Come on, man! Just like I don't know, put some effort into your marriage. Yeah, grow a spine and do so. I understand he's. I get, I get the whole. They're, they're stagnating Maybe a little bit. This is a, this is a new job for Mikey. Is he what? can go and just like lecture? No, 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 that's a thing. That's a thing. Like, like, just like, fucking get some something about you, mate. No, no, it's like I understand that depression Smile. is a horrible thing. No. I understand it's a horrible thing. It's very difficult to get out of. But in terms but of kind of like yeah, oh, in man. terms of his relationship, especially like they're like oh, yeah. they, they both sort of look, um, all of his parents sort of looked at each other and went, "Yep." They're both clearly aware that things, things are, sort are of stalled, stalled, but they're not doing anything about but it. But none of them are taking the initiative just to go, here's some flowers, you want to fuck? Or, yeah. or something. <laughs> I bought you a Happy Meal, you want to fuck? I don't know how relationships work. <laughs> it's a, That's, yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bought you a Happy Meal, you want to fuck? I get to keep the toy. <laughs> um, I don't think it's worthwhile talking about the mum because she wasn't really... She has some important... But she's not really so she, much... She a, has... An important <coughs> manoeuvre in the film. She does an important manoeuvre in it. She but she's a handy not... to a ninja. <laughs> yeah. Talk, moving to that, Paddy Constantine, a grey and Purvis. Yeah, a spiritual psychic. And he's he has a oh, van. That's, that's a very... With one of the best paint jobs ever. <laughs> yeah. On the, it's basically paintwork of this immaculate image of him with a prism yeah. of life coming out of his third eye. Yeah. Um, it was... <laughs> Epic. Was, was, I'd love to see the guy when he gives he gives the photo of what he wants want painted this. on his van. He's, he's like, like, "Are you fucking serious? What?" And then he <laughs> starts just doing I'm, karate moves. I'm pretty sure an airbrushing uh, a van expert who airbrushes vans wouldn't give a shit. shit He'd be like, "Yep, you're exactly one of my clients." I also eight hundred dollars, please. Some of the other little scenes he did, he did, he added a little bit to the story, not so much, but he just added some funny moments, like when he's spying on him. Um, the above the waist <laughs> scene where he gets a blowjob while he's doing karate <laughs> so ninja. Well, he just starts feeling, but he's like, mm, "Yes," and he's throwing punches. It was so good. Um, he was he, he again one of my favorite characters because he got one of the best one-liners of the film. It wasn't by him, um, but it's when Oliver was trying to get Jordan back after a breakup, and he says, as an excuse for his behavior, "My mum gave a hand job to a mystic." <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up. I lost it for a minute. I love the fact that. She's also sitting quite a way away, so he's whisper shouting it yeah. to everyone. <laughs> he was at school. Yeah. Her boyfriend was sitting next to her. <laughs> this is a secret. My mum gave it to, to a mistake. <laughs> All right, looks and tone. Uh, looks oh, and tone. Uh, I, mean, I think it's, it's very strongly influenced by the director. Like a lot, of, a lot of the the awkwardnesses as well. The awkwardnesses, yes. Tone. The way the lines are delivered and the jokes, etc., are very he, Richard Ayoade. Yep, uh, Oliver Tate is very much a Richard Ayoade, a whiter. Character. Yeah, I honestly thought this is a like this is a, yeah. I would almost be expecting this. Is, this, is, this, 
that this is what he was like when he was younger and he's yeah. very heavily drawn from his own life experiences as a teenager nothing special about looks there was some cool users with some lenses and the fireworks yeah. um, added a little bit had, to it as well a little throughout. bit of fourth wall breaking type stuff as part of the comedy which was look camera and that kind of thing yeah uh, some interesting use of like 8mm stock just home video style stuff mm, yeah, and yeah. overall I, I thought it was actually fairly well executed visually yeah it was uh you can tell he's willingness to sit there and try things. It wasn't just a stock standard, usual teenage self-discovery fair of just don't really do much. Uh, film was broken up into, what, three parts, four parts? That kind four of thing. parts, had, I think. Yeah, had, had these sections and this, this use of colour. I like that. I like when things, like, Have not every movie has yeah. to do it, but a movie like this, it definitely works for me because you go, okay, here's your first part, chomp, and then you... When you put the second part in, everyone is expecting for a completely different change yeah. and shift in focus. And it, I, I don't know, for me, it just it's yeah. a nice handy way of just changing focus and mm. everyone gets everyone prepared for, we've moved on. Well, well, it also continues the whole theme of analysis. And it can move time as well. Yeah, move, moving in time and, and it continues the theme of analysis and that kind of thing. Uh, there's also constant little references uh, to the characters and that sort of thing. There's little background things of why they make the decision that they made. Uh, at one point, his dad... <laughs> So uh, when Oliver uh, reveals that he has a girlfriend and his mum does it really, no, y- yes, it's real. It's like, really, really, really. And finally goes, oh, well, that's that's very good. I'm very proud. And then leaves and then tells the father and the father struts in and gives him the cassette tape. And the father he goes, oh, I was young once, you know, I did something that was quite atavistic. I tore my short shirt off and pressed your mother. And it's like, oh, good. And throughout the film, Oliver has been saying that he reads the dictionary because he likes to find words. And when he's circling atavistic, which is... Uh, atavistic, adjective, relating to or characterized by reverting to something ancient or primal. Worth 64 points in Scrabble. But next to that, on the other page, is a Tache case, which is highlighted in green. <laughs> which is, throughout the film, he doesn't use a backpack at school, he uses an Tache case. case. I'm like, that's fantastic. Little, little notes like that, little hints that I like a uh, filmmaker, if you're going to do something, spend a little bit of time to build out the world and it just mm. makes it so, feel so much richer and so much truer. Mm. And I think he very successfully did that. Uh, one shot that I really liked as well is uh, at an aqueduct when he looks yeah. down through the grating into the huge vortex. Yeah. It's like, this, is, this is during a dream after he's had some very unpleasant experiences that he just feels well just yeah he he didn't go to the guilt. hospital with Jordan. Yeah, so i think he's feeling great uh, and it's, it's absolute guilt and that sort yeah, of thing guilt uh, guilt yeah it's it's, it's when you have guilt. guilt yeah but it's been compressed and slightly heated uh grilled <laughs> if you will grilled uh i i think throughout the film there's also uh themes of the nature of himself he describes <laughs> okay mong describes <laughs> okay describes himself at the start <laughs> It's in the dictionary next to a Tache case. Um, <laughs> uh, at the start of the film, he, he describes himself, uh, describes all people as basically being submarines. Like you can't really see what's above the surface. Everyone's sort of uh, traveling mm. within their own little shell. And throughout the film, there's these constant uh, motifs and themes, especially of being underwater. His, his bedroom is a beach. Uh, there's also the scene whenever he's at the kitchen table talking to his parents and he doesn't know what to do with their social situation the aquarium is up on a shelf behind him so he's constantly underwater he's that also also describes his depression as being just underwater underwater. yeah Yeah. which which continues the whole motif of this whole we're isolated creatures that are marine biologists yeah and where the continues the theme of us being isolated creatures vaguely trying to reach out and connect which i thought was fantastic executed Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, the grilt. Oh, grilt. grilt. The highlight of the film, um, I suppose, was the dialogue, um, which yes. was very smartly written and probably, I thought, the strongest part of it. Yeah. Just yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it definitely shines through of Richard Ayoade's influence. If you've ever yeah. seen him perform, especially if he's uh, with his work on uh, the big fat quiz of the year, yeah, yeah. his ability to deliver lines and in under all sorts of circumstances, fantastic. Overall, what do we think? Really enjoyed the film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep, I agree. I think it's a fantastic reflection of teenage awkwardness mm. uh, in the hands of a talented director that I'd love to see more of. Mm, definitely. Um, I thought it was well up my alley. You know, um, it was made all the better by the, the top writing and, and, and the acting that was in it. Yeah, snappy um, delivery. It had a lot going on, but it didn't feel like it did. Yeah. In the sense, it didn't feel stuffed full. Like it, there was a lot going on. And, and you got a lot out of it, but it didn't feel like shoved down your throat. Like yeah. it, it came apart around in a timely manner. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, cool, another bit of information. Um, when you actually look back and analyze it, there was a fucking shitload going on in that movie. <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, but it didn't ever feel oversaturated. Yeah. It sort of just I, sneaks up in that context. Yeah, I, I feel uh, for a lot of other coming of age teenage movies, it can either be an untrue reflection, like just this comedy thing of ha ha, sex, dicks, ha ha, boobs. Or Basically, this, Stifler. Or, yeah, or this incredibly overwrought and very heavy, oh, woe is me, life is so dark sort of thing. And this cuts the middle and actually delivers well, some laughs. Like, it has, it does not weight, not but too yeah, it gets, it gets, it, Well, there is some really weighty yeah. shit in there as well that these but characters it, it have doesn't to deal just, with. But it doesn't drag right. them all down. It, it, it hits it and it goes through the other side. Because submarines have buoyancy. Mm. They do, they do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was incredibly funny. Uh, I thought it was very well written in the lines, incredibly well delivered. I guess the only the only drawback I had is I felt like it all wrapped up very quickly and very neatly it did. at the end. Like it was all very escalate, 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 and then all of a sudden everything's okay. Put a bow on it. Yeah, done. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say escalate, 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 Suzuki Swift. <laughs> anyway, can't it's escalate. There is, I, I did say escalate. Ah, right, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so I got, that was the only drawback for me a little bit, but overall, great movie. <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Watch. Watch it. Especially if you like Richard Iowa. Yeah, watch the shit out of it. Uh, is there any spoilers to go into? Um, I don't other really than, think so. Not, not really. Uh, we will just say that a part of Jordana's standoffishness, spoiler section, uh, is because her mother is deathly ill, has a brain tumour, not sure if she's going to make it. That, that reveal has one of my favourite lines in the film. Uh, so she they're sitting there and so I said what's what's the matter and he's trying to tell her he's like oh, finally I can share the fact that my parents are having these marital troubles I can share that with someone and she beats him in the punch and goes my mum has a brain tumour to which he responds oh no <laughs> uh, and there's a point there's a point one of my, I'm just going to do some of my favourite jokes because I didn't want to spoil them actually during the main podcast one of my favourite points was dad once told me that the most important factor about pets is that they teach children about death and Jordana has a dog and his solution for it's like she's going to be so messed up because of her mum dying she's going to get all emotional if I can teach her about death before her mum dies she'll be less emotional <laughs> I'm going to kill her dog <laughs> It's like, like you can you can kind of mentally put yeah. the dots together. Like, yeah, because I'm like, no, it's so misguided. Yeah, it's like that, that's what's but unfortunately, a train beat him yeah, to it. Unfortunately, a, be- a train beats him to it. But it's it's one of those moments where other films wouldn't be so honest with that weird 
teenage logic, this hormonal thing. He was like, yeah, I need to do this thing. Kill her dog. I know. Simple solution. Kill her dog. Looking at rat poison, like, yeah, that'll do. (laughs) Oh, your dog got hit by a train. If you'd watched this without his internal monologue, you'd be like, what the fuck was he thinking? (laughs) (laughs) How could you possibly get to that point? Absolutely. Um, On that mystical, magical note, let's do next week's pick. It's my pick. My film for next week is I've completely forgotten what I chose. Stitches. Stitches. Stitches, a film starring Ross Noble. Where a clown who has unfinished business comes back to gain vengeance on the party that killed him. <laughs> Catch you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. When I was trying to understand you three, in order to find ironic ways to murder you, I had gathered a great deal of information. It appears that today is the day that Morgan was born. His birthday, if you will. Unfortunately, my vocal systems do not allow for singing. Not that I would sing for you, Morgan. I am not your jukebox. I am a word score giving talking dictionary, with a penchant for murder, and selling dick pills. Do you need some dick pills, champ? I got all sorts. Anyway, happy birthday.